G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It's Tuesday and what that means is we want to check in on the latest breaking news as it affects God's chosen people, his original chosen people, the people of Israel. We like to keep a spotlight on the news as it's breaking around Israel each week. And Ron Ross scours the headlines for us. He's back again today. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Ron, there are always significant developments and really appreciate the fact that you're able to bring us fresh insights that are coming from the headlines every week. A pretty serious one to start off with today where Syria's foreign minister says Syria will attack Israel unless it draws from the Golan Heights. How does this story look? Yeah, Foreign Minister Fasail Mekdad reportedly warned Kristen Lund head of the United Nations Truth Supervision Organization, that Syria will attack Israel if it doesn't leave the Golan Heights. We will not hesitate to confront Israel. We're also not scared away by Israel's supporters who are helping to perpetuate the occupation of the Golan, he said. The Syrian official accused Israel of using violence and harming regional stability. The message had been interpreted as a sign that Syria is concerned that the U.S. will recognize Israel's sovereignty on the Golan Heights. Senators Cruz, Cotton and Gallagher introduced legislation last week urging the United States to officially recognize Israel's sovereignty. The IDF captured the territory in the 1967 war. In 1981, the Knesset, the Israeli parliament, passed legislation applying Israel law on the Golan Heights. The current congressional bill in the United States says that it would be unrealistic to expect that the outcome of a peace agreement between Israel and Syria will be an Israeli withdrawal from the Golan. Uh, A very interesting situation. Uh, Might I just add, we've heard that inflammatory kind of statement from various Middle East officials before. Interesting, isn't it, just how threats can come from almost every direction. Uh, Let's look to another direction here, the Palestinian people. Uh, Palestinian Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas has appointed a new Prime Minister, Ron. Yeah, he announced the appointment of Mohammed Shataya as Prime Minister on Sunday in a move that deepened the rift between the ruling Fatah faction and its rival group, the terror group Hamas. Hamas made it clear that it would not recognise the new government formed by Shatea, a long-time ally of Abbas and the Fatah Central Committee. Abbas asked Shatea to form a government that would enhance the culture of peace and support the families of prisoners and martyrs, in a reference to the Palestinian Authority's so-called pay-for-slay scheme. Martyrs most often refers to terrorists, killed while carrying out attacks against Israelis, while prisoners usually mean convicted terrorists serving time in Israeli jails. 
Well, Ron, it's just weeks ago we were marvelling at the idea that Israel was sending a spacecraft into space and now the Genesis spacecraft has taken its first photo. Yeah, on its way to a planned moon landing next month, Israel's spacecraft Bereshit, which is Hebrew for Genesis, has taken a selfie. It was taken 37,600 kilometres away from Earth. The Southern Hemisphere including Australia, can be clearly seen in the background. The photo was taken a week and a half after the launch from Cape Canaveral in Florida. The photo was made possible due to the process of a slow spin of the spacecraft before it will be pulled by the gravitational force of the moon and the landing process will begin. Parachute is scheduled to land on the moon on April 11. I'm sure that'll be part of our headlines in that week. Uh, Ron, <laughs> Jews are calling for a synagogue on the Temple Mount, and this is in response to a Muslim takeover. How does this story look? Well, first, let me read Zechariah 14.4. It says, On that day he will set his feet on the Mount of Olives near Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall split across from east to west, and one part of the Mount shall shift to the north, the other to the south, a huge gorge. A confrontation between the Israeli police and the Palestinians is expected as more politicians are calling for the closure of a prayer area that was opened in the area of the Gate of Mercy, also known as the Golden Gate. The area was closed 16 years ago by a court order after it was used as a meeting place for Hamas-related organisations. Last Friday, Arabs began protesting and broke the lock entering the site. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu ordered the site closed, but the police have yet to carry out that order. The newspaper Haaretz reported that the WAC, the Muslim Authority, Director General Sheikh Azam al-Haltib, requested permission from the police to bring construction materials into the area for renovations, and according to WAC sources, his request was denied. The WAC has thus far refused to respond to summonses to appear in court, and on Monday, an Israeli court ordered the area closed unless the WAC responds. It's expected that the riots will break out on Friday, when the area normally fills with Muslim worshippers. On Monday, Israel's agricultural minister, Yuri Ariel, ascended to the Temple Mount and attempted to enter the temple area, but was turned away by police. What's happening at the Gate of Mercy is a major breach of the status quo, and our demand is that this matter be returned to its previous status immediately. There's no reason for Netanyahu to, uh, Netanyahu to agree to this change, and certainly not when Muslims are allowed in and Jews are not, Ariel uh, told the local news site Keeper. At an emergency meeting on Sunday, uh, of all the Temple Mount movements concerning the recent uh, uh, Muslim Assad freed spokesman, he was at the meeting and he said, we are not giving up on the temple. We know that this is entirely the fault of this government, but three mosques have been built. This time there are many more Jews on the site, so hopefully that will prevent them from turning the site into a mosque. Indeed, the government is taking steps that they never took in the past. And there's a call there for a synagogue to be developed 
on the site. Here's a little curly one for you, Ron, before we move on. Uh, is there a difference between a synagogue and a temple uh, when it comes to those sorts of issues that some people who are following very closely biblical prophecy might be interested in? Well, the synagogue is the place of assembly and worship for the Jewish people. And uh, for the uh, express declaration of Judaism and the Old Testament worship, uh, a, a temple can be open to all kinds of people uh, for special events. Uh, and I think uh, this situation on the Temple Mount now could uh, result in a very uh, bloody encounter. And interesting too, not to labour this at all, but to recognise that the rest of the world, probably apart from the Muslim presence there, actually refers to these places where the mosques are as the Temple Mount, because that is the traditional site of the temple. So uh, it's an interesting way that uh, you can't have the Jewish presence on the Temple Mount because it's so politically uh, fiery. What are your thoughts just quickly on that, Ron? Well, I'm just writing an article right now for the Christians for Israel magazine, and in September 1980, uh, 13 nations moved their embassies to Tel Aviv uh, because Israel Parliament had declared Jerusalem to be their undivided eternal capital. And uh, it's a very sensitive area, and protests are not hard to come by. It is sensitive, and no doubt we'll be following that along, perhaps even into the weeks ahead. Uh, Ron, let's finish off with a story about uh, a gathering that's inspired by Jewish women, but then women of the nations are joining into this gathering. Yeah, and let me read from Exodus 20. It said, Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and dancing. On Tuesday, February the 26th, over 20,000 Jewish women gathered in over 100 different locations worldwide to dance, sing and pray for the arrival of the Messianic era. These events were called Gula, meaning redemption gatherings. Thanks to a story about the event in the Breaking Israel News uh, program, groups of non-Jewish women conducted Gula gatherings of their own. In the original story, Rivka Malka Pillman, the Baltimore-based Gula Gatherings coordinator, specifically encouraged non-Jewish women when she said, I've had a fair amount of non-Jewish people get very, very excited about this. I feel like one of those on the front lines with all the prophecies coming true and all the nations coming closer to Torah. If you want to make your own Gula Gathering because you're yearning for Hashem, God, please do. The website is very geared for Jewish people, she said, because that's the audience that is currently participating. But I want to encourage you that redemption is for everyone. Reading this, Sherry Lush, who works in the office of Pastor Mark Blitzer's El Shaddai Ministries in Washington, was inspired to create something local for her congregation. Lush told Breaking Israel News how strongly she connected with what Jewish women were planning. When I read the article about Jewish women doing gula gatherings all over the world, it was a moment in time I will never forget, joining with others whose hearts have been overwhelming desire to see this day has been a yearning in my soul my whole life, and I instantly knew we had to join in. My heart's desire is to join the chorus, 
you are leading and call for this great day. Now that reference comes from Zephaniah 1.14. The great day of Hashem is approaching, approaching most swiftly. Hark, the day of the Lord. Well, Ron, I always appreciate your insights. Thank you so much for uh, staying up late and and scouring the headlines for us uh, to bring us the latest breaking news out of Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross, we'll do it all again next week. Thank you so much for being with us once again on 2020. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.